in a normal year, the Renew Shakespeare Company would have been performing the complete history of comedy abridged at the venerated institution, the Hartford Stage Company in June of 2020. But as we've discovered, 2020 is uh, the farthest thing from a normal year as we can imagine. And we were rescheduled for October of 2020. That too has now been bumped to sometime in 2021. So rather than wait until 2021, I have persuaded Hartford Stage's artistic and executive leadership, Melia Bensusen and Cynthia Ryder to tell us how Hartford Stage um, uh, got started and how it is more importantly surviving in the middle of all this. And I'll start by asking this question, thank you for, and why did you decide to squander some of Hartford Stage's reputation by inviting us to perform there? (laughs) Cynthia, you should go first. This was your- And I see we've already started passing the buck. Okay, good. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whatever it is, wherever you are. I'm Austin Titchener, one-third of the Reduced Shakespeare Company, and you're listening to this week's Reduced Shakespeare Company podcast, number 718, Hartford Stage Company. This Thursday, September 17th, 2020, Reed Martin and I are doing a special ticket holder event on Zoom for the venerable, multiple Tony-winning Hartford Stage Company. And if you're listening to this after September 17th, 2020, you can visit the Hartford Stage website, hartfordstage.org, to find out whether and how long it's available to see online. But in anticipation of Thursday's event, I sat down with Hartford Stage's artistic director, Melia Bensusen, in her office, me in my office, and Hartford Stage's managing director, Cynthia Ryder in a car somewhere with dodgy connection issues to talk about Hartford Stage's history and how it's surviving during this period of uncertainty. We started our conversation with perhaps the most pertinent topic, both Cynthia's and Melia's connection to the Reduced Shakespeare Company. Cynthia, you're the one who's going to have to take the heat for this one, clearly. Uh, Gladly, gladly. I am a longtime fan of the reduced and now remote Shakespeare company. Uh, My husband and I saw you do the complete works, I don't know, 25 years we were in Wisconsin where none of your props or costumes arrived and you had to go to the local big box store and buy replacements and perform the show an hour later and I've rarely seen anything funnier. So I've been a great fan both of the level of silliness of the Reduced Shakespeare Company, but also the fact that you are all actually closet Shakespeare scholars. And so the best comedy is also very smart. So the Reduced Shakespeare Company pretends to not be very smart when in fact it actually is incredibly clever and smart and based in a lot of Shakespeare's work. And I love that. I love the way Shakespeare himself mashed up ancient stories and contemporary issues and how you guys take that and do Shakespeare. You honor Shakespeare in your work um, and you honor, in this case, in the complete history of comedy, many, many, many of the great comedians. I do second all, uh, all kidding aside, I I second all of Cynthia's remarks. I'll just add that I was lucky enough to meet you guys and see your work at Merrimack Repertory Theater with... uh, so um, when Cynthia suggested that you guys come to Hartford Stage, 
for our first season to sort of close out our first year leading the theater, I, I was delighted. That's right. This 2020, 2020, 2021 season is your first inaugural season with Yeah, Harper. how about that? I thought I'd do it all on Zoom because, you know, why not? I mean, that just, that was my, I, I just brought this to the table in my interviews. Now, uh, Cynthia, I was appointed artistic director uh, in January of 2019. Um, and Cynthia came aboard in the spring. Um, I think we officially hired Cynthia in, I think in May, and we both started together uh, July 1st, 2019. We uh, had already, I had added a couple of slots to the 1920 season, but um, it had, hey, Cynthia, are you back? Try unmuting. Let's see if we can hear you. Yeah. I'm back, but I don't know for how long. Okay. Well, I'm just saying you and I started together on July 1st, um, and I had picked a couple of plays for the 1920 season, but we still had the June slot to fill. So in one of the many ways in which Cynthia and I agreed, we brought you guys aboard. And then well, the it's- COVID thing, you know, I don't know whose idea that was. It was not our plan. I just want to make that clear that, you know, this wasn't what we thought was we were going to be doing for the 2021 season for the venerable Tony winning Hartford stage. Well, exactly right. It, it, the Hartford stage has been around for, for a very long while and it's going, it, I mean. Uh, it was founded in 1964. Um, uh, well, actually 1963 were when, you know, and then its first opening was 1964 and has had a tremendous following and its national reputation, we know, is tremendous. Uh, It's won Tony's for Productions as well as Tony for Best Regional Theater. Our education programs serve over 20,000 kids in the Connecticut area in the greater Hartford and Connecticut region. Um, New play commissions have led to Pulitzer's and Tony's as well. And it, I was really honored uh, to be uh, to be chosen. I'm sure they didn't know COVID was coming when they appointed me, right, Austin? Reassure me that this wasn't part of the grand plan. <laughs> you know, if we if if we had seen it coming, we could have stepped out of the way of the COVID, perhaps. So I'm going to say no. We didn't know. <laughs> I I think I mean you asked about you know sort of managing the theater at this time, Cynthia. Don't you think I said on a different call recently? I wish that I were running a theater without having COVID as an obstacle. But grateful to be running a theater at this time instead of uh, not being in a leadership position because it does give you a sense that you're contributing, that you can help um, as challenging as the work is. Many of us who work in the American regional theater feel like we want to be of service to our communities That's in this right. time. And we can't do it in the ordinary ways that we do it in terms of the plays and stories we tell live in person. But that doesn't mean we can't still tap into creativity and imagination. Just already the things we've done with kids on Zoom have kind of just blown me away. And I think that together a program just two nights ago on women's suffrage outdoors at this beautiful museum, the Hillstead Museum, just west of downtown Hartford, a hundred people outdoors, socially distant. And it was beautiful. And it was an incredible program of actors and readers and community leaders 
um, reading some of the great speeches and writings of women who were important to women's suffrage. So there are things like that that are really important and we can do them right now and really enjoy ourselves doing them. Right. I mean, I think it's given us time to kind of pivot towards um, uh, to to re-emphasize our focus on our community partnerships, artistic collaborations we can do with our community, uh, building partnerships that we started with neighbors on our block and in our city. Um, and then sort of as other companies have done, venturing to create a different kind of online programming uh, that you, Austin, are going to be a part of with us uh, this week. So, you know, it's, it's taking advantage of what we can at this challenging time. Well, and I, and I absolutely hear what Cynthia said about um, wanting to be of service, uh, right. particularly in this time, because it really does feel like, I mean, I'm a bit of a Pollyanna, so I'm always a glass half full guy, but it really does feel like it. we're at a crisis point in the American theater. And I was thinking, Cynthia, who used to be the director of the Oregon Shakespeare Festival in Ashland, um, and I was thinking, thank goodness she doesn't have to run that place anymore because it is, it is, it is besieged by fires, horrible, dangerous fires for these last several years. And, and it's an outdoor theater. Thank God she left and she's at a theater where we can open and run and then boom COVID. Right. Right. um we're here and then and then there's a and all the social justice issues that are coming thankfully to the fore now right in the summer of 2022 we're there's we're we're battling things on a lot of fronts and it, and it feels like a a great time to be doing this work and rethinking and regrouping. Exactly, it's exactly right. And we've set up um, online virtual cocktail parties that are now monthly that we call Seen and Heard. And you can go to hartfordstage.org and you know see what we're up to in that way. But it's a way of having conversations about equity and social justice and the making of theater and city planning and uh, the comedic arts and education programs in the theater and how to create vibrant partnerships on, you know, in our area. I mean, it's it's given us time and space to have these conversations and to really think about what our priorities are institutionally as we get ready to reopen in the fall of 21. Hi, I'm Howard Sherman, noted theatrical pundit and raconteur, and you're listening to the Reduced Shakespeare Company podcast. Can you RSC the RSC? Right now, the only place to see the remote Shakespeare Company is online. We've created a brand new page at our website, ReducedShakespeare.com, and a playlist on our YouTube page, where right this second you can watch us perform many of our epic abridgments from the comfort of your own shelter. You can also grab your own copy of Pop-Up Shakespeare, written by me and Reed Martin, and beautifully illustrated by Jenny Mazels. It's on sale worldwide, and you can find links to both independent bookstores and Amazon in the U.S. and the U.K. on our website. And now back to my conversation with Melia Bensusen and Cynthia Ryder, the artistic director and managing director of the Hartford Stage Company. Cynthia, can you talk a little bit, uh, Zoom connection uh, notwithstanding, can you talk a little bit about the various um, decisions you guys have had to make and the moving targets that you keep trying to hit and the leapfrogging you keep having to do in your decision making? 
Yeah, I think when this first happened, you know, nobody expected that it would last this long. So part of this is we're making decisions on timelines that we don't understand. And it's really only been in the past couple of months. I mean, when we first canceled, we canceled the last weekend of a run of Jane Eyre, which was a new adaptation that we were doing. We, Millie and I would never have thought, nor would anyone else, that six plus months later, we still wouldn't be operating and that we would have made a decision not that we wouldn't be able to produce for an entire season. So I think the reality, the first and foremost thing on our minds is public safety, right? I don't want 500 people shoulder to shoulder right now. Everything about public health tells us that that is not a good idea, no matter how much we long for it and long to be together. So that's the first guiding principle of any decision we make is, is it safe to do whatever programming we want to do? So there's that. Then there's also the um, commitment to the mission and how we are of service and how we tell stories to be in service to the community, to entertain, to enlighten, all of those things. And then there's the financial reality. We are in a very, very tenuous financial position as are many of our colleagues across the performing arts and lots of other industries. So we had to make some really painful decisions to reduce our, most of what we spend money on are people. So there's no way to reduce your spending without reducing the number of people who are involved in your work. That is by far the most heartrending thing I've ever had to do. All, all of us. Well, and I think I think Melia, you uh, you you gave the Reduce Shakespeare Company podcast a scoop there when you talked about uh, Hartford Sage reopening in the fall of twenty one. So, that, so that that is the hope. That, that is, is the that, hope. But as Cynthia said, you know, public health first and foremost. Um, it has been very painful to let go of what we termed, uh, a board member termed the secret sauce of Hartford Stage, which has been our dedicated staff. So it, it was tough. We both came in and we're building trust and we're getting to know our staff. And then um, we had to lay people off. And I will just, you know, say that one of the greatest challenges with that is no one has health insurance, but you know. Right. Thinking I think about what happens in the next couple of months will be really crucial to the health of the country in every way. Well, and and even if you even if you wanted to open, even if you were brazen yeah. enough to open the theaters for everybody without any social distancing, I want to think that the people who go to theater wouldn't be the runs rushing back to I, the theater. I think that's right. I mean, I also think, you know, we have the challenge in the American theater of a more aging audience, right? Which is both a wonderful thing because we have folks who've been coming to Hartford Stage for 50 years. I mean, literally, right? We've had people who came as high school students who are now volunteer ushers. I mean, I love meeting these folks and hearing their stories but it's a particularly vulnerable population that makes up a good portion of our subscribers. So you're absolutely right. People are not gonna be rushing uh, uh, back into our institution till we all feel safe. And I think this is you know, the opportunity to show how much a theater is a civic organization. We're not just there to entertain, although we love doing that. Um, and that's where you guys come in but that we really have civic responsibilities in terms of education and dialogue yeah. and that a theater is a gathering place. And if that's virtual now, it's virtual, but it, we are a place in a community to share ideas to, you know, politics, 
can be hopefully discussed and and we can try to see each other's points of view either through dramatic texts or through poetry through the reveal of different scenarios that may not be exactly what our own lives have been but by hearing the stories told, we develop more empathy for them, right? And therefore help further conversation. Well, and I, I hear what you're saying about aging audiences and uh, speaking as an aging artist, uh, Amen. Amen. grateful to you. Um, but uh, it's also one of my goals is I would, I would, I would much rather offend or upset an aging audience member than bore a young audience member who has I, never been to the theater. I think that's great, Austin. I think that's so important. And it speaks to how adventurous we need to be in programming, which in a way speaks to the fact that people need to commit to institutions, not to plays. Mm. You know, I mean, my big push for our subscribers is get a subscription so you can hate one of the plays and it won't matter. You know, because if you're only buying for the play that you think you're going to like, you're going to miss out on stuff. Yeah, it may piss you off, but it may also really get you thinking and it may support different audience members coming into the institution. Well, put that on your brochure. Come right. see this play. You're going to hate it. Let's fight about it in the bar. What if, you know, I promised you that I will be in the lobby X number of performances and I'll buy you a drink for the play you hate if you stay and talk to me about it. I think that's such a great deal and I can't wait for you to be buying drinks for the entire audience when we come and perform. I can't wait because I'll be laughing too hard. So at that point, I won't mind. That's it for this week's Reduced Shakespeare Company podcast. For more information about the Hartford Stage Company and whether, when, and for how long you can watch our special Zoom performance for them on September 17th, 2020, visit the Hartford Stage website, hartfordstage.org. Then send us your moving targets via email to feedback at reducedshakespeare.com. You can also find us and interact with other fans on our dedicated podcast page on Facebook at RSC Podcast, on Instagram at Reduced Shakespeare Company, or on my preferred platform on Twitter at Reduced. You can also follow me on Twitter at Austin Titchener, and you can follow the Hartford Stage Company on Twitter and Instagram at Hartford Stage. Thanks as always to ever young audience member Matthew Croak, web services by Ginger Power Limited, and music by John Weber and Garage Band. Our random fan shout out this week goes to Paulette Lincoln Baker. No reason, it's just random. Special thanks to Amelia Bensusen, Cynthia Ryder, and Cynthia's husband, Stuart, who was driving. Special thanks to noted theatrical pundit, raconteur, former executive director of the American Theater Wing, and former director of press relations for the Hartford Stage Company, Howard Sherman. And finally, thanks very much to you for listening. Please stay safe, stay home, and keep your masks on. I'm Austin Tishner, 718 2054ths of the Reduced Shakespeare Company. Well, this was a treat. I'm, I, I will say I look forward so very much to having you in person to harass at my theater. Uh, that, that will be something I look forward to. <laughs> I'll buy you a couple of drinks and make you explain to people why you were so offensive on stage. Well, and <laughs> as we say to our audiences all the time, the more you drink, the funnier we are. That's right. This podcast is a production of the Reduce Shakespeare Company. Reducing expectations since 1981. Go to ReduceShakespeare.com for performance dates, actor bios, email newsletters, and so much less. And so much less. And so much less. And so much less. And so much less.